Hello, and welcome to Tech Takeaways, the podcast taking technology's largest challenges and chopping them down into bite-sized little chunks just for you. I'm your host, Jason Fitzgerald, and I'm joined as ever by my dynamic co-hosts, Wayne Miller. Hello. And Paul Stringfellow. Hey. Uh, so today's episode, we're going to be discussing backup. Now, I know that a lot of the listeners will be listening at this and, and doing an eye roll and saying, backups, you know, we've got this covered. We're okay with this. Backups have been around forever. But we're finding that actually that's not always the case. And so I would encourage you to listen to this because you may just pick up a few little things that may help you. Um, so, I mean, Wayne, where's this, where's this come from, do you think? Well, we've, again, on discovery calls, as a lot of these tech takeaways come from, um, you know, as I go through my questions, uh, which no one likes to answer, um, one thing that we come across is backup. And, and a lot of organizations go, yeah, we got it covered. We're backed up. We're happy where we are. But then after a little bit of probing yeah. by you, uh, we realize, or, or um, there's questions there that no one's ever asked them. Uh, and then we kind of unveil um, some risk uh, is probably the best way to put it. So yeah. yeah, I just thought it'd be a good opportunity for us to discuss backup questions that organizations, you know, in the, um, in the uh, IT department should be asking themselves and then some tech takeaways, some um, information that we can share with them from our discovery calls and from what you're seeing, you know, and what you're seeing, Paul, as well. So, yeah. so I, I suppose the killer question for me, or to kill a number of questions, is what questions should IT leaders be asking themselves about their estate and, and the backup strategy? Okay, so I think for for me, backup strategy is it's more important to consider the restoration of the data rather than the backup of the data. You know, obviously you need to have a backup of everything that's important in your estate. Um, but once it comes to the restoration point, what, what we're finding is that a lot of organizations believe that they're fully backed up and actually there's, there's risks there. They're actually exposed because key elements aren't. And for a lot of organizations, restoration is the only option they've got following a system issue, you know, so server's broken, we recovered a server and then we need to restore it, or a cyber attack. So restoration's the only option. Um, but when it comes to restore, they find actually we're, we're exposed here, you know, when restoration is a lifeline if you're in that situation. So it's really more around discipline of how do we make sure that our backup strategy is complete and how do we ensure that if should we need to go to restore, we are confident that we can do so. I think, you know, Paul, that's, we're seeing a lot of that. Yeah, and I think it's, um, I mean, it's a conversation I've been having with people for a very long time. You know, I've, I've been doing, as, as we all have, but you know, I've, been, I've been doing this job for quite a long time, probably longer than you two. Um, and if we if we step back a little, you know, Jason, you're absolutely right in terms of the thing that you want to be considering is getting stuff back. Ultimately, nobody wants to back anything up. Nobody's bothered about having backups. Yeah. It's all about in the event of needing it, can I get the information back? So, you know, and this, for people who've been backing up data for a long time, this will sound, you know, very, very obvious. But of course, there's always going to be people who are kind of coming at this, maybe looking for fresh perspective. So think about two things, recovery points and recovery time. So, you'll often see the acronyms RPO and RTO. Yeah. So recovery point objective, recovery time objective. And what those two things mean is recovery time is kind of going back to Jason's point, how quickly in the event of an incident, if we've lost data or we've lost infrastructure, how quickly do we need to get that, that data back 
to be operational as a business. Now everybody will say, I want to get that. I want it back immediately. In fact, I never Today. want it to be down. Yeah, yeah now. But, but, but <laughs> yeah. the reality is there's cost and complexity with doing that. So, you know, understand as a business, what's the risk? If we, if we are, if these systems are unavailable, what's the risk and what's the cost to us as a business if, if that been the case? And then you've got this idea of recovery point object. And recovery point objective basically boils down to how much data am I pre- be prepared to lose in the event of a, of an incident. So if we're talking about an, on, an on-premises server, that server turns into a ball of flames. I mean, often they're virtual servers, so a virtual ball of flames, perhaps. Yeah. Um, you know, how much data am I prepared to lose that was housed on that system? Now, if the answer to that is, I, I couldn't lose more than an hour's worth of information from that system because it's so important to the business, you, then you need to have a look at your backup strategy and say, so am I taking a backup of that data every 60 minutes, because if all I'm doing is backing up once a night when everybody's gone home, then your idea of recovering, losing less than an hour's data is never going to work because worst case is you're going to lose 24 hours. I mean, best case is, is you've just done the backup and the thing bursts into flame. So maybe you're lucky, but the whole point of RPO and RTO is not, I'll get lucky and I'll meet these requirements if if everything works out. So it's a predict. It's got to be yeah. predictable, hasn't it? You know, if we fail over now, or if we need to restore now, where are we going back to, and understand where it is that we're going back to. I, I think that um, a lot of organisations kind of find find themselves during restore, um, sometimes almost making it up as as yeah. they go. You know, we, we need to do a restore. Let's go and do it. During a restore is not the time to be formulating a plan on how you're going to restore or even learning the capabilities of what your backup software can or can't do. You know, if you're relying on a specific feature and, and it's not available to you, that's going to impact your recovery time, you know. So I, I, th- I think it's important to to have that plan, you know, and, and, and ensure that if you've got an RPO and you've got a recovery time objective as well, make sure that you're hitting them by doing, you know, kind of having a little bit more discipline around the backup job. So if you're not doing regular restores, Go and do some regular restores. Develop that as a strategy. Um, yeah, and, and a lot I, I of that will come down important. to a lot of that will come down to kind of the idea of um, if you're RPO and you design RPOs and RTOs, that doesn't have to be for everything. You know, there is a, there is an element of work here. You know, the more complex your infrastructure is, there's a piece of work that goes into understanding the complexity of that infrastructure and what's key and what may not be key. You know, and, and making sure that you've you've got that assigned. So if you've got absolutely business critical things that you can't afford to lose more than 60 minutes of data or even can't afford to lose any data, then your protection strategy for those things might be very different to the, oh, I just need to back this thing up once a day. Um, you know, because you will have things in your organization that you perhaps only need to back up once a day. So, so there's a piece of work that says, well, identify what those things are and then define the strategy around it. And I think it's, you know, it's a really valid time to be talking about this because one of the things that you are seeing is that, of course, infrastructure has changed. So, you know, no longer is our infrastructure physical servers or virtual hosts in our data center. It's now spread. You know, it, yeah. it, we've got infrastructure in our data center, of course, but some organizations will also have software as a service solutions. They will have um, solutions where they're building infrastructure inside of public clouds with third-party data centers. So, you know, you need a strategy that is capable of dealing with with all of those things. And you also, and Jason, you make a really good point before, the time to realize whether your data protection solution is working is not 
when you're trying to recover stuff. You know, you need to make sure that part of your resilience plan as a business includes, am I regularly testing this stuff? And if I need to recover this thing, what needs to be recovered with it? So, you know, they're, they're hugely, hugely important parts. But I know, Jason, something that, that we've talked about recently that, that I think is, you know, is a huge change that organisations need to be wary of is the security implications when it comes to designing a backup solution. Absolutely. Because I think one, yeah. one of the things that we're seeing, and we've done a few episodes around things like ransomware and cyber attack, but what you're seeing in, increasingly is backup repositories being targeted as part of any kind of cyber attack. So, you know, if, you, if you're having ransomware and a ransomware attack, and that attack then encrypts all of your data backups, then if your plan for recovery is... I'll recover from backup, but actually that's been ex- breached as well. Um, so, so what are some of the tips that we can give people in terms of how to architect that solution and how to make sure you, you yeah, keep it absolutely. Safe? I mean, you know, I, I think that backups need to be as secure, if not more secure than anything else, because they are your lifeline. You know, in a disaster, you've got you've got a disaster. We need to restore. That's your lifeline. Make sure it's protected. Make sure that you've got the best chance of recovery from that. Uh, and I think it it's a good topic that you pick up on around the security element because backup accounts themselves, so the accounts that actually perform backups in infrastructure generally aren't treated as the privileged accounts that they are. They've got access to a lot of systems to be able to perform the backup and yet the backup window maybe is overnight, say for example. So if we look at that backup account in itself, that is an attack vector if that account is breached, that is a very good account to then launch a cyber attack from within a network because often it's treated as a service account. No one's going to be monitoring it. People won't be logging into it day to day. Um, and it's an account that needs to log into systems. So the backup account operation um, logging in won't necessarily for some companies trigger a, that could potentially be an issue, a cyber threat. Um so there's, there's some mechanisms that we can put in place to protect against that. So if your backup window is overnight, for example, why does that backup account need to be active throughout the day? You know, we can say that that backup account is allowed to log in during a backup window only for the purpose of backup. What does that do? Well, that closes the door during the day then. Okay, it's still an exposure of an, of an evening or of a nighttime during a backup window, but it's there. It's there. And we've got a mutable backups as well you know so this this is the concept of once that backup file is written it can't be amended is this a new thing immutable? i've never heard of it before but that it, i've it, not heard a lot of these I, things I mean it, it's fairly new but it's it's not it, as a concept it's not new but it, it's becoming more and more popular with backup files in particular because we we've certainly seen myself and paul where companies have backed up into a common file share that all users have got access to, including deletion of any files that are uploaded into there. Okay. So the risk with that is any user account gets breached, all the backups can be deleted. Okay, well, that's a massive issue because now you can't restore. Immutability puts some level of protection against being able to amend that file, the backup file, once it's been written. So it'll lock it for, you know, however long you specify, a week, two weeks, that file can't be amended until the next backup window rolls around. So immutability is a feature in a lot of backup software now and, and does give you that that mechanism. Um, uh, well, I'd that- just to add to that as well. I think it's hugely important that organisations realise that 
when they're designing a data protection solution, design with security in mind. Yeah. You no. Know, so the idea that there's, there's no reason, for example, that your backup solution sits inside your production uh, Active Directory domain because you know we talked about kind of those privileged accounts. Well, let's have them sit outside of that. I mean, it, it's one one customer that we work with a lot who had a cybersecurity incident. One of the things that allowed them to recover as quickly as they did was that when the, the backup solution was designed, it sat outside of their production infrastructure. So it sat in a separate. It was, it was kind of firewalled away. Absolutely, sat in a separate yeah. infrastructure. It allowed us to do backups, and we we had to architect that in. But but it was important in terms of recovery that that was not impacted by the same cyber incident that impacted the rest of the environment. So, you know, things like that, things like immutability, things like making sure that we have some level of firewalling between our, our, our data. So building in, you know, air gapping those kind of backups. So things like, you know, yeah. we're seeing an increased use of cloud backup repositories as a first, second and third layer, where we are making sure that our backup is not just all housed in the same place in the same infrastructure. We get it off site to somewhere else. We get it off site to another location where we can do recovery from. And there's lots and lots of mechanisms around that. But but I think, you know, I suppose if I was looking for takeaways from this episode, that they would be perhaps the most important things I would be looking at today because they're, they're probably the things that are most likely to be part of your traditional backup infrastructure is that it won't be separated out. Things like, as Jason mentioned, the privileged accounts that we use for backups, you know, they're, they're not necessarily as well managed as they need to be. And the idea of immutability in terms of backup that we we create something that can't then be changed. Now, I think there if there's three things you could do, make sure your you know your your privileged backup account is properly secured and managed. Make sure that your backup infrastructure sits outside of your main production infrastructure, and use immutability where you need to use it so that those backup sets can't be changed. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, just just as as a, probably another partial takeaway for this. If you can dismount your storage repository, so the place that your backups are stored, that needs to be accessible during a backup window and during a restoration attempt. It doesn't have to be mounted all the time. Mount, mount it so it's accessible during a backup window. Once your backups are done, dismount it, take it offline. It mitigates the risk of then is, someone is trying to get to onto it. Yeah, it. yeah, in some cases it's easier than um, some. It depends on the backup, um, the backup software that you use. Um, but essentially, we could we can run um, a process automatically before the backup runs that says, "Go and mount that storage." Okay. Bring it into the environment so we can write into it, and then once the backup's done, dismount it so that no one can interfere with it during the day. That that then mitigates um, some of the uh, cyber trends that we're seeing with with backups being attacked. Um, for me, I think that uh, a key takeaway would be to review your backups, ensure that everything that needs to be protected is protected. Even if you think it is, go and take a look at it, make sure. Yeah, it's a, do you know what? It's a, it's a really old topic talking about backups and data protection. Um, you know, when you're thinking, could could we waffle on for 15, 20 minutes about that? I feel like we've done that yeah. already. So it <laughs> feels like probably a, a good time to wrap us up. Absolutely, yeah. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and took some takeaways with it. We encourage you to go and follow them. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts, including YouTube. See you next time. <laughs>